Are you wondering how you can contribute to Funniest Thing? Don't flip out. Go to patreon.com forward slash funniest thing. Whoa! This one is called The Pants. Take eight. Welcome to Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed, the best looking guys on the radio. We all know the funniest things happen when we stop taking ourselves too seriously and step out boldly, like Mr. Magoo blindly stepping onto the next swinging girder and falling into an outrageous jackpot. Your hosts, Daryl and Ed, are about to administer a refreshing dose of laughter and love that will inspire you to step out boldly and experience the funniest things. Now, here are your hosts, Daryl and Ed. Welcome to The Funniest Thing. Yes. Where each week we share stories about how stepping out boldly always leads to better than expected outcomes. Yes, it does. I'm Daryl. I'm Ed. And we're broadcasting live from Chobo Studios in... Beautiful downtown Van Nuys. <laughs> oh, boy. Indy. Wear many hats, as they say. Also, Indy, you made another mistake on the whiteboard. What's that? I see funniest thing with Nar and Shred on the whiteboard oh. over there where Daryl and Ed. I was hanging loose recently. so Yes, Daryl loves surfing. So do I. He loves to um, check in every morning about surf tales. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have an exciting, I'm very uh, much looking forward to our guest. We met her in Unity Village when we were there. Just four weeks ago. Yes. But uh, what are we going to be discussing with her? Because it's very exciting. Did you want to share her catchphrase from college? <laughs> we'll save that during the joke portion. Okay. <laughs> well, our today's, today's show is called Nothing Can Oppose Your Good with Licensed Unity Teacher. We just learned that. Marty Thurman. We thought she was just an amazing person who loved this stuff. And that was enough for us to get her on. Yeah. She did a bunch of dumpster diving with us. Yep. And she loves Mark Hicks from truthunity.net just as much as we do. That's true. And you do. So, um, yeah, we'll be talking with Marty Thurman. Today's show, Nothing Can Oppose Your Good. Life is for you and never against you. There's no power in this universe that opposes your good. There's no force outside of you that can determine what happens to you. But there is a very potent force inside of you that sets the stage for every event you experience. Luck is not a capricious gift that whimsically falls into our lap. It is a force we activate with our thoughts, feelings, attitude, words, and actions. On this episode, Daryl and Ed's prescription for success is to start believing in health. Start believing in prosperity. Start believing in the Christ and those about you. Start believing that your own divine selfhood is rapidly unfolding. Act as though you believed these things and the results will surprise you. And during the second segment, Magnificent Marty Thurman motivates the crowd with today's reading graciously provided for and a whole lot more. Marty's going to be joining us from St. Louis, Missouri. Are we going to kick it off with that wonderful three breaths? Oh, yeah. Meditative three breaths? Oh, yeah. Let's lay it on him. This uh, mystic was very popular in the 70s. What was that fellow's name? I thought you would know because you look. You were. Let, let me do a quick. Uh, we're gonna do. Yeah, we got to give credit where credit is due. Yeah, we don't want to. You'll know. They'll know. They'll know 
They might recognize these three breaths because they were very popular. Oh, yeah, this guy. What's his name? Matthew Wilder. Matthew Wilder. Yes. All right. And um, I think a lot of people have used this affirmation in their lives. We, yeah. we found the original lyrics. It yep. happened to go perfectly with the show. Again, the show title is Nothing Can Oppose Your Good. Yeah. What an amazing concept. So here's some breaths. To make that title personal for you. Yeah. So when your mind starts to think there's things opposing you, because Daryl pointed this out before the show too, it's, we don't want to get pumped up to overcome this amazing, like this scary thing that we think we got to face. Because we're making that thing up. Yeah, we're making that thing in our mind. We want to we want to affirm nothing can oppose our, our good. Otherwise, we end up fighting with people we don't need to fight with. We end up further giving our power to people and things that we think we have there, you know, against us. And but when we recognize that there's nothing that can oppose our good, we don't no longer need to do that. And life starts to just flow along much more smoothly. So, yes, deep breath. Uh, Ain't nothing gonna oppose my good. Nothing's gonna slow it down. Oh no! Oh wait, yeah, I, that's good. That's it. I thought we were gonna. Do oh, no. the, I thought we were gonna. Ain't nothing's gonna oppose my good. Oh yeah, yeah, you did it. <laughs> Ain't nothing gonna slow it down. Oh no! Ah, ah. ain't nothing gonna oppose my good. Ain't nothing's going to slow it down. Oh, no. Ah, ready? Ain't nothing going to oppose my good. Ain't nothing going to slow it down. Oh, no. Wow. I read something this morning. What'd you read? This is just a quickie to throw out there. Wait, did you do a morning routine? I did. Oh, we got some good, unexpected readings, ladies and gentlemen. But here's a couple of things, because when we do our morning routine, when Which I do is essential. it. essential. Yeah, it is, it is essential. Start to, whatever started good ends good. That's yeah. an English proverb. Yes. Um. So, in one of the books I read, actually, this is from this little thing, I'm, this little sentence I'm going to read, yeah. which goes perfect with why it doesn't make sense to oppose, to think there's things that are opposing our good. And that's the problem. Once I, this is where it's all a figment, an opposition within my own mind. Because as soon as I think there's hurdles that are in my way, I start opposing. I start opposing my good by reinforcing the ideas of these hurdles, usually by complaining or telling myself how I got to figure out and scheme to get over them. Yeah. And the thing is, the opposition does not exist. Right. And this was written by... Uh, one of the founders of Alcoholics Anonymous, mm. who was a big New Thought student. Right. Um, and here's what it said. Since the cosmos is ruled by justice and love, I could surrender to it with positive assurance. And underneath I wrote, there's nothing to oppose. You know, that goes perfectly with what Kirky sent us yesterday. 
Um, this was a text from Kirky, not really a postcard from Kirky, but um, the text that it was, um, what it had to say, it was from, I think it was from Holmes, and um, where where was that? Do you know where that was? That he he was talking oh. about how we got to get better at like letting things. Oh, oh, where was that? Because that oh, was the key. Yes, it's in my bag. You have it. Okay, yeah. good. I think you. So the one you're talking about, but the record because it's a it's a frequency thing is what we're talking about too with regards to. When, when I'm on the frequency, when I get off of that wave, that frequency of love and joy and empowerment, everything starts to look like it's against me. And if I act from that place, I was feeling that at work this week on Monday. I felt like my principal wasn't taking care of something. And I was ready to really go in on her because I was feeling like she's not taking care of it. It's making me look bad. I'm doing something bad. Blah, blah, blah. Yes, that's believing in opposition. Mm -hmm. And, and then, almost, yes. yes. And I almost went in on her, but I like just said something and then walked away and blessed it. And I said, you know what? I can't do this. I'm trusting that my principal's doing what she's supposed to do. I'm blessing everything. I'm blessing the hell right out of this. And sure enough, within like an hour, she handled the part she had to handle, even though she was starting to ask me to do something that I was like, wait, you're the one who said, but I just said, forget it. I'm not putting any energy into that. I'm not going to get mad. I'm going to bless, bless, bless. And by day's end, the whole, within an hour or two, the whole thing had been handled. And then the one thing I was worried about, oh, I told this guy to take time off because I thought he was going to get these other hours. You know, I, I thought, oh, he's going to lose money and it's because of me. I, I told him, look, man, I'm sorry. I thought you, we were going to be able to take you on this camping thing with school. You're going to get this money, but it's not happening. And I was almost over apologetic, but I cut myself off. I walked away. I asked him later. He's oh, they, they gave me my hours back for the other job and everything. And he's like, I'm not mad at you at all, man. You, 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 we appreciate you. You know, but it was all about getting off of that frequency where yes. it appears things are opposing us. And like you said, because then I get oppositional and I start attracting more conflict. Yes. It really is. But what happened yesterday was I said, I am, I am going to celebrate this day because I had so many things in my mind were telling me, you're going to get in trouble. You didn't do this thing and for paperwork. You didn't do that. And it was literally starting to bog me down. These little fears had become monsters. And, but I also noticed the people around me were starting to get bogged down. And I was like, if I don't get out of this, I'm going to get sucked down. So I was like, I'm going to celebrate this day. And part of my mind was going, we're not going to celebrate. What about this? I said, no. I like, took the driver's seat. I said, we're going to celebrate. And it would say, oh, no, no, no. I said, no, we're, I know what, what I'm doing. We are celebrating. And I just said, God's going to show me, you know, I'm going to, some new ideas are going to come to me. This day went so smooth. I ended up blessing a lot of the people around me who were struggling with their own, um, you know, getting in a slump and feeling bad. I was, I became a light to the world really because the lightness was flowing through me. I saw parents. I remember I told you I saw Jane Leonard from Unity happened to be uh, from Unity, the West Side happened to be on campus. And the mayor of Culver the City. The mayor of Culver City. And I was going shaking hands that the top um, guy finances in my district was there. He loves me. But I rode in on the celebratory wave. And then it turned in they were celebrating the library. And they don't always like fully celebrate in public. You know, my, like the feeling is it. But I was No, they call it a celebration. Yeah. But I was <laughs> blessing and bringing joy to everyone I met. And all the stuff that seemed like there's a reason to get oppositional or down about or beat myself up about doesn't matter at all it does not matter and, I, and it was so good to feel that and see that because i realized like one of my biggest challenges in the past was just 
um, the propensity to keep beating myself up. Well, because you feel guilty when you feel good. Right. Oh, no, I shouldn't be feeling this good. I might right. get in trouble. Right. That's got, a lie. Yeah. And I've had a lot of realizations because I've been, I'm done telling negative stories about my past and this and that. So I've just been flipping to, and with your help, Daryl, uh, this is the best thing that ever happened to me. Whatever yes. comes up, whatever age comes yeah. up, that was the best thing. That, and like, yes, part of me is not fully, but I've been blessing it, blessing it, blessing it. And now, like I had this awareness, like what could be done in those situations, right? Like um, when I felt so overwhelmed and I realized like now that I have the tools to look back, it's like transforming the whole situation because I realized I came here knowing that I was going to face that stuff. And I came here to be a light unto that stuff. I didn't come to get bogged down into it. I come to bless those very people that were having, you know, those challenges, those things going on around me. I came here to bless that stuff. And I did not come to get bogged down or beat myself up over it. I came here as an answer to those prayers from the past to bless it. And I had to just keep convincing myself. And when I do, everything I desire comes flowing through me to support me in that mission. Because that's the most important mission on earth is to bring light and love and joy to the people around us. Well, and it works. Yes. The so, uh, so postcard yes. you were thing, uh, which goes with the show. That was, did you send this to Kirk or he sent it to you? Or No, we got a couple here. There were two of them. One, the one in your hand right there. Was this that? is from Kirk. Okay, it's from Kirk. Many people are good at asking for themselves or giving to others, but not so good at receiving for themselves. Yes. They are so busy trying to make good things happen that they cannot let good things happen. Yes. Try relaxing, trusting, and making space. Because our good, there's nothing that opposes our good Except when I start thinking, it's not happening. Right. As soon as I think it's not happening, I'm telling myself something's opposing my good. Then yes. what helped me yesterday, this was a game changer. So I sent Kirky a postcard and it said, and this was every time we write postcards to others, you know, which really a postcard to me. Because yes. I'm always, there's something that'll stick out in my morning reading or just a thought I had. And I have no idea what I'm going to write, but this postcard had a bad art painting in the front of it. You know, I find these goofy postcards everywhere. So on the front, I just wrote, there was a horse in the picture and I just wrote, don't judge. Okay. That's the postcard with like a unicorn. Don't judge. Yes. And he's saying it, right? So then on the back, because that was like, because I thought, you know, this artwork's not good. So then I have the horse, don't judge. But that kicked off my healing thought for the day, which is, because this is when we think things are opposing our good. The tendency for me is to start opposing others or conditions in my life. So I wrote. That's right. I wrote in the beginning, don't judge. And then I wrote this. I leave, I leave pointing out the negative and making negative commentary to the professional mm. newscasters. I am not a news anchor. Think about it, when we're when I'm pointing out the negative and making negative commentary, I'm being an anchor. Yes. I'm stopping the flow of my good. Right. And I wrote 
when I simply do this, by simply doing this, by not making negative commentary or pointing out the negative, by simply just refraining from that, I open myself up to incredible unexpected blessings and opportunities to do what I love and to be well compensated for it. And I just happened to read one other thing on the way out the door to go on my walk, and it was, does this, will this action take me in the direction I want to go? And that meant for me, my thought action. Yeah. So armed with this and walking, my mind goes, oh, we got, and I go, no. That thought's not going to take me in the direction I want to go. Yeah. Did, and you, it, well, did it say like closer or further from? Or say because I, no. I, I, I've been using that same thing. No, it you just shared said, that with me. Yeah. It just said, "Will this action take me in the direction I want to go?" Oh uh, yes. There was another one. Yeah, that's closer to or further from. That's in one of our books. Will yeah. this like, behavior take me closer to or further from? But there was something about just asking myself yeah. point blank. Does this action take me in the direction I want to go? And I immediately, when you ask yourself that, the tendency of the mind is to naturally go on the affirmative. Right. And it was doing it all day to the point, I'm walking up the hill, I get a call from my brother, and my brother doesn't call me that often. I mean, we talk, we're very close, but we don't like, nah, nah, nah. we're not small talkers. Mm -hmm. So uh, he calls me out of the blue. And he said, I got to tell you what's going on. So he, he retired. He was uh, a federal agent, and he was uh, retired at 57 because they said you're too old, even though we have leaders of the country that are twice his age. But right. anyway, anyway, uh, he says, all right. And he wanted to work for the banks because he became an expert in fraud detection. So he gets hired by a bank, and he's thinking to himself, I'll do this for six months, see how it goes. And all of a sudden, he said about a month ago, he woke up in the middle of the night and had this thought. And the thought was, and he, he said it was like a strong thought, like, why are you doing this? Meaning, why are you making yourself go to work now that you're retired? Right. And he said, it was like, you know, it was the voice of God, the Holy Spirit, whatever you want to call it. Because then I started doubting. And I, I started looking for arguments against that thought. And I couldn't find one good reason. Because the, the only thing that seemed somewhat reasonable was um, because he's living in an apartment to think, okay, well, I could buy a house and I could get a brand new car. And he goes, then I started realizing, what am I doing? I'm going to work harder to buy a house and a new car. So then I have to continue to work harder. Right. And then it dawns on him. He goes, well, what can I do? And he goes, and he's, I was about to say it, and he said it. I, could, I can consult. And he goes, there's all these banks and stuff that would love to have me come out. Right. I could do two weeks here, two weeks there, and uh, be well compensated when I get bored to do something I enjoy. So it was just like hearing him talk about like letting go of that opposition, like that, oh, I got to keep working because I got to yeah. do these things, to, you know, because these are things we do. Instead of just going, what's important to me? Right. What's important to me at 57 or whatever age you are? Right. And 
will this action take me closer or in the direction? That's what I like, in the direction I want to go. But talking about your past is what made me think of because he started the conversation. He goes, yeah. He goes, I was just thinking some things that, was la- that we laugh about now. And he was talking about how abusive our father was. Right. I mean, me and him can laugh about it now, but he said he would just yell. like It was like Viet Cong train. Like he was like in a Viet Cong camp mm. when my father would try to teach him math. Right. You know, I forced myself to learn math on my own because he'd be in the chair and my father would go, one, he would have plastic, you know, we had the wax fruit, you know, in the bowl. One banana plus two apples is what? And we're like, ooh, 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 two, whack, out of the chair, pick them up, put them back. And he was terrified. He goes, well, you know what's funny? He goes, I laugh about it now. But once I could start letting go of that stuff, he goes, it's ironic that I became like I excelled in math later on. Right. He couldn't do it during those. And I go, I know. Because of those, the, 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 you can't fight. We can't shame and belittle anyone into success, especially ourselves. Yeah. So Eric and I both learned that lesson on how to treat ourselves instead of, my dad was mean. I'm never going to learn math. You right, know, or right. well, I can't, we can't hang on to yesterday, but we can stand on top of it and yes. learn from it in a way that serves me well now. That's right. That's so funny you say that because this I was when we were in the green room, I opened up this chapter that we've been reading in our Lundy on Monday group. Uh, <laughs> Lunda on Monday, as, as, your, as your phone calls it. From You Unlimited, Norman Lundy, on page 138. Because what I was noting is you were talking like what if I let these negative patterns just keep going, oh, I'm postponing my good. Right? Yes. Like, that's really like on a mental level. It's like, is this is my choice in this moment postponing my good even further and just accepting this insanity as reality? Or am I going to do just one little thing, one new thought, one breath one moment of self-forgiveness just to start a new chain of reactions in the now like what am i doing right now to like wake myself up out of this insanity that i've that i've accepted in the past as reality it's so crazy but if i accept it and act out of that i get to live it right yeah so norman lundy says when is now and it's good you you just set this up so perfectly it's amazing it's a, and remember, I just opened to this. In, I know. The, we didn't even plan this one. It says, some of you may have been carrying a problem for years, thinking every year that maybe next year you'll make a change. Let me underline that this is just a way of fooling yourself, for according to the very law we are studying, we are pushing the possibility into the future, and the law cannot operate on it. The law cannot bring into existence Bring it into existence until we accept the change in consciousness. The law works in the present tense. It is very important for you to understand this. At this very moment, I accept my good. I shall do nothing about I shall do something about it now, not next Thursday or next month or next year, but now. Now is the time to change our whole outlook, our entire attitude. God's creative power is right here and now for us to use. We can help ourselves to as much of this power as we believe in and embody. The storehouse of nature is filled with infinite good. 
awaiting the touch of our awakened thought to spring into manifestation. The storehouse of nature. Now think about this in terms of like a lot of the things that are plaguing the minds of people watching the news and about nature. Like oh. how much of this is just us projecting lack onto yes. nature and then living as a culture, living from that place of lack and then getting more feedback that there is lack. But what if we change our awareness? And many people have. The answers and the solutions are all available to us, like that video you sent us about um, unity. When we recognize our unity, everything changes. When we recognize our unity, more and more as the world recognizes its unity, all this technology we have to transform any, every, instead of fearing it, if we recognize our unity and use these tools from a heart full of joy and unity, we start to recognize that the storehouse of nature is filled with infinite good. Oh, and we're a big part of it. Our imagination is a big part of it, awaiting the touch of our awakened thought to spring into manifestation. And some of you might benefit from doing what I've been having to do, which is if you have a part of you that's saying that it's too big, that you can't face it, in the now, you've got to insert the thought that nothing is too big for God. Nothing is too big to change. And, not, and I, it can all change now. Because what we have is these tapes that seem like they won't change. And they'll tell us, we're not changing. It's like my own subconscious mind. I'm not changing. This is but I'm the, I have to remember, I'm the teacher of the class. I may have forgotten it. But as soon as I activate my voice and my power, that subconscious mind, it might, just like a class, yeah. it might go, it might start... It'll try to get away with its hijinks. Like, no, we're not going to celebrate today. And I say, oh, we are. And I don't even argue. I say, I'm the teacher. I hear you. But today is a day of celebration. There is nothing too big that will not change. And then walk with, like, this is where the morning routine leads into take a walk or do, the, do something simple and positive. Text someone a blessing. Do, write, call, like, handle a phone call you needed to call. Whatever, you just do one, one constructive thing because as you do that, the universe will start to meet the things that we declare. And then like my day yesterday, it was night and day from the day before. I don't care about the very things that were not in the way. I don't fear or fret about the very things that seem like they're like the end of my life almost the day before. I care with love. And if I have time, I'll put time to doing and helping resolve it. But I don't fear or fret over it because it's not that big a deal. And we always realize that after the fact. So why, we want to realize that before, right? We want to realize that now. Well, speaking of how to get into that habit of being the best friend to yourself. Yes. I don't know where I got these. Probably from Michael Schoonover, although this is not folded. Oh, maybe it is. Folded like an envelope. I wonder if Marty knows Schoonover. We'll have to ask her. We'll yeah, see. I think she... Well, we'll find out in a minute. Yeah. So listen to this. I got two things. The next one I'll read in the second half. Mm -hmm. Or I could read them both right now and get them out of the way. Here we go. This is steps I to aid... I think Marty aid. might like this. So I think you might be on to something. Yeah, Marty's going to love that. Yeah, yeah, so we can read that when she comes on. Okay. So first things first. So these are steps to aid transformation. For the better, of course. Mm -hmm. It's only four little things that if we just mind these four little things, things are going to improve fairly rapidly. One, have a daily spiritual practice. Every spiritual tradition has one thing in common, 
a daily practice. This can be many different things. What you do is less important than the act of doing something. Yes. And we always do a simple morning routine. Two, don't give in to fear, despair, or anger. There is so much happening that can trigger these emotions, the media, the environment, health, finances, etc. If you understand these emotions are all symptoms of the Aquarian shift, then you can go through them without losing your equilibrium. And what's the Aquarian shift? That's the shift into a more enlightened age. Right. We go, th- you know, the human experience or evolution goes through these great shifts. Right. Um, number three, don't be a victim. You have the power to change your life. Don't give that power away through blame or resentment. You're responsible for your own happiness and grace. Don't buy into any view of reality in which you are not 100% in charge of making your life work. Mm. The Aquarian age is all about an empowerment consciousness. Yes. And finally, and the simplest and the most effective, I say, is for be a source of light. The more people consciously choose to embrace the Aquarian light shift, the easier this transformation will go for humanity. It is a spiritual truth that a small percentage of people who have shifted their consciousness can influence the rest of humanity. Yeah. Find a way to spread your light. Yep, and there's nothing more powerful than us doing it ourselves. That's it. It's really the only thing. If we want to do more for the world, find out ways to let our own light shine brighter. We were driving down the road, and Daryl, we were talking about this stuff, and Daryl looks up and sees a license plate. It says Job 5.9, and we were both had the same thought. I wonder what that reads. Yeah, because whenever you see, I mean, well, most likely when I see a Bible verse on a bumper sticker or car and I look it up, it's usually not one that really kicks me upstairs. All right, all but, right. But we got, I was like, this has got to mean a Bible verse because it, it was a vanity license plate, Job space... Five space and we, and, nine. And it went, there's something about what we were talking about that I was like, I bet this is going to punctuate Yeah, I bet it. this is going to be a good one. And uh, I'm going to read the first from like the King James, and then we're going to kick it upstairs with the message. We, we'll yeah, that's the, the best is the message. Go ahead. Yeah, so, so the first one, the, the King James is like, he performs wonders that cannot be fathomed, miracles that cannot be counted. Ooh. So already it's kicking us into the joy sphere, but the, the message version that's basically this is saying, folks, nothing opposes your good. Yeah, the message version says, after all, he's famous for great and unexpected acts. There's no end to his surprises. He's famous for great and unexpected acts. Yes, we got to get into the light, get into the joy, because the feel, as, as Francis Wilshire says, the feeling of joy has magic within it, because on the feeling of joyous love, you streamline yourself right up to God. Then you wish to do things, which is exhilarating. And the world needs more people like your brother who go, I'm not doing this because I have to. Yeah. Or this is the way it's it's because I wish to do it, which is exhilarating. You transcend the personal feeling of must do. This is what I'm going through in my life right now. And streamlining, streamline yourself right to the spirit of the thing you are doing or enjoying. 
This is the way you really savor it. The joy goes up and through you and touches the spirit of the thing you want, first in your own consciousness by making you joyously aware of it, then the feeling flows out to it with joy and love. So anytime you think of God, just remember, he's famous for great and unexpected acts. Yeah, that, There's no end to his surprises. That was, the, that was a book, Secrets, by Francis Wilshire. Hey, if you want to send us something, funniest thing, P.O. Box 1312, Culver City, California. We love endless surprises. Susan Sly from the UK, who's been joining us on the Prosperity Zooms through the, our Patreon. God, thank you, everyone, contributing through Patreon. That's her artwork on the card. She's a great artist, musician. She said, hello, just wanted to say that, that Daryl saying just do it for 15 minutes on Prosperity Tuesday proved really helpful already. Also regarding Prosperity, the Zoom also triggered my passion for dance, which was squashed as a six-year-old when a teacher said I was too big for ballet. Didn't really deal with that until today. Anyway, thank you. All right. Thank you, Susan Sly. And then we got a great book called the Tijuana Bibles, which uh, is suitable for framing, but maybe not suitable for reading on this show. But that's from Kirky. And uh, I won't say any more about that, but thank he, you. He, called, he, he just heard we were students of the Bible. So I think he didn't really read he, is, what Bible he was sending us. This is less metaphysical and pure physical Bible study. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Coming up next, from St. Louis, Missouri, a licensed Unity teacher and a very professional dumpster diver, magnificent Marty Thurman motivates the crowd with today's reading graciously provided for. Thank you for listening to Funniest Thing and watching Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed right here from Chobo Studios. We now return to The Funniest Thing. Here are your hosts, Daryl and Ed, the best-looking guys on the radio. All right, welcome back to Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed over here at Chobo Studios. By the way, thank you, Indy, for all you're doing. We appreciate you, man. Love you guys. Great oh, you know who else we forgot to have? Jeff Comfort, man. He's, He's out there in Kansas City. If Kansas. you're listening to this via podcast, you can thank Jeff Comfort along with us because each week he, he takes, takes us right into the comfort zone. The real good news is nothing can oppose your good. Daryl, what did you say? The, 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 the button uh, on that story from your brother, what did he say? The button on the story, yes, I left the most important part out because he was sharing that he, he thoroughly enjoyed his job as, an inve- as a federal agent and didn't want to retire, but he had to. Right. So then he got this job as a professional at the bank, right. at a big bank from England. And when he had that epitome, he thought to himself, wait a minute. When he had that thought of why am I doing this, like the truth came out before he started seeing the reasons like to earn more money. Is that really what I need now? Because I have my retirement. Right, right. And he said the thought was, I only want to be doing things I really enjoy. Like I don't want to be doing anything where there's any part of it that feels like I'm putting up with it, or this right. is part of it, 
or this goes with it. You even use the F word, fun. Fun, yeah. yes. And then that's when it clicked in his brain. Oh, wait a minute. If I need, if I want to, I could always consult because right. he loves that portion. Yes, the fun part. But he's going to, but and he, he let the company know mm-hmm. and he left on great terms. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. He's already great, told great. them and they love him and there right. you have it. Well, the point, the, the thing that I love why I wanted you to share that is because if for a long, if I'm, I'm like a recovering person who's finally realizing like, if I don't take the way I feel into account with the things I do, spirit can't speak to me, man. Spirit is speaking to me through my feelings. And so I'm learning to honor that because the universe will comply. If I say, oh, how I feel doesn't matter, I'm going to get a life where it doesn't matter and get stepped on, whatever is going to happen. But once I reclaim how important how I feel is and make that part of the equation, everything's benefits. I do better in everything I do. I can hear spirit when it calls me because spirit's calling me through those little fun and joyful nudges is what we're talking about let's welcome marty thurman before you read the um, yes. the ten commandments how are you the ten commandments i'm great and i'm so happy to be here thanks for the invitation yeah we are so happy to have you i've mentioned the dumpster diving um you want to tell them what we did while we were at unity over there what we what we uncovered why i keep saying dumpster diving sure uh, well, we got some intel that uh, some things were being discarded after they had been digitalized, and uh, we thought we would go see what was being discarded, and we found a lot of neat little treasures, and uh, some of those I'm still working through. Um, a lot of, I, I found a lot of copies of Emily Cady's letters to the Fillmores. Wow. Just really cool. So I will be sharing those with you as I uh, go through it all and get everything copied. But um, yeah, it's just really neat to see her signature. There were letters from Myrtle where she responded to people and her signature. And just, just I just felt like I was in the room with them and, wow. and the wealth of knowledge and um, just knowing the great women that they were. So right. yes, thank you for helping, helping with that endeavor. And um, I'll go dumpster diving with you anytime. Nice. And will will some of that show up on truthunity.net eventually? That is definitely the goal. Um, of course, Unity themselves are digital, have already digitalized what we found. Uh-huh. So it will be on there as well. But, oh, great. Uh, yeah. I told Mark I would go through and pick out the, the good golden nuggets and, and then we could see about getting those on Truth Unity. Wonderful, wonderful. And how long have you been working with uh, Mark Hicks, by the way? How long have you guys been connected? Well, I've been a huge fan of his since I became aware of Unity and Truth Unity. Uh, I didn't actually meet him until uh, maybe a year ago. Yeah. And then we just, you know, uh, continue to grow our friendship. And um, I just I just adore the man. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, it was so cool to be sitting up. I came out, I, I didn't feel like going to sleep. I came out to the, the Unity Hotel, that area there, the lounge area, and I saw you going through the boxes and being there with you all and Mark Hicks and all the other, many other people who just love these these teachings and these principles was such a cool experience. Um, you well, want, oh, yeah, go ahead. Well, and just to put it in perspective for listeners who don't know who the heck we're talking about, um, Emily Cady or H. Emily Cady is how she is her full signature as an author, wrote a book called Lessons in Truth, 
Yes. And Charles and Myrtle Fillmore um, were also a big part, very influential to this whole idea of practical Christianity. Right. Like, there's got to be something to this. There's one of Charles Fillmore's quotes, which I'm just going to paraphrase. If, if this stuff cannot work practically right here, right now in our own lives, then the whole thing is bunk. Right. And the good news is it works. And, be, and these people we're speaking of, we're talking about the turn of the last century. So this stuff that these people, that H. Emily Cady and Myrtle Fillmore and George, Charles Fillmore, those letters we're talking about were written at the turn of 1800s to the 1900s. And this movement is responsible for a lot of things that have helped a lot of people outside of church-going, you know, Christianity. I mean, because if it wasn't for their efforts, there would be no 12-step programs. Right. Because they were all born out of these ideas. Yeah. And so many people have been affected posititively by it who don't even realize oh, so, where it all came from. So many from. people that love Hay House authors, a lot yes. of those people all yes. spoke in Unity Churches. That's where they oh, got it. Oh, that's their, where they got it. Yeah. yeah. Their, their start. I know uh, Alan Cohen. Yep. Eric Butterworth was like a huge part of him awakening to this stuff. And he Beckwith, Beckwith. Even yep. uh, told us his dirty little secret that yep. he got it a lot from Unity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of people don't expect, like, a lot of people don't blame the people who contributed positively to their lives, like Daryl and Ed do. Right. <laughs> and H. Emily Cady wrote The Lessons of Truth. Right? Yes. That, was, that became the Unity uh, First book. textbook, kind yeah. of, right? Is that, is that right, Marty? That is true. Uh, Charles asked her when they decided to have a ministerial school, if uh, he could use those lessons, if she would put together some lessons uh, for that. And these that's a combination of the lessons that they used for the ministerial students. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, uh, did you want to, uh, Daryl, where'd you get the Ten Commandments from? Do you know? Oh, from Ms. Michael Schoonover. These were handed down oh. from on high, Ed. Do you know Michael Schoonover, <laughs> Marty, over at Unity Way am, in San I, Vista? I do not, unfortunately. Oh, we got to connect you to because he um, sends you. He is a living embodiment of the original Unity spirit. He he makes copies of um, old Unity literature and and puts them in an envelope. Andy, you get your Unity. I mean, you get your Schoonovers, right? Oh yeah, I'm on that Ether Trail, baby. Yeah. yeah. Anyone who wants it, he and he like hand. It's amazing. He copies it, hand writes stuff for every different person. It's incredible. Yeah. Well, and it's not just Unity. I mean, he gets it from Science, and mind, Science of Mind and other uh, yeah. New Thought authors who you never heard of. Well, this is known as the Ten Commandments resume. And it's by Charles Roth, sent to me from Michael Schoonover. I don't know when this was written, but it was before area codes, because the dial of prayer has no area code. Now, do we know, what's the background of Charles Roth? Did, did uh, Marty, you know Charles Roth, who he is? I am aware of his writings. He yeah. was uh, published through Unity, so yeah. I know he was a Unity teacher, but yeah. I don't know his history. Yeah. Well, where is... Uh, I don't know. Is Wati, W-A-T-I, a place? Unity Viewpoint, Wati. Let me look him up while you read. Uh... Sunday at 8.30 a.m. I don't even know. That could be a radio station on the East Coast, W-A-T-I. Let's see if I can find him on Truth Unity. Okay, so here we reading. go. 
The Ten Commandments resume. Here is a resume of the Ten Commandments in terms of the truth principle in each commandment. So this is the esoteric meaning or metaphysical meaning behind each of the Ten Commandments that we could apply to our own thinking, our attitudes, and our actions that'll elevate our lives. So number one, there is only one presence and one power, God the good omnipotent. Two, do not engrave an image of limitation in your mind and serve it by believing and fearing it. Nothing opposes your good. Don't make up things that oppose your good. Three, God's name and your spiritual name is I am. Attach it only to that which is true of God. I am love. I am health. I am inspiration. Not I'm a loser. Mm. That's not, that's not uh, what's true of God. Okay, four. The Sabbath is the let go and let God stay to mind. Observe it. Let go and let God work in all your affairs. Five. When you are out of harmony with any person through hate, resentment, dislike, you place yourself out of harmony with the activity of God's law of good in your life. And uh, you know that guy, uh, Wallace D. Waddles? He said, hate leads to hovel. Mm. Okay, six. Negative thinking has a destructive effect on the body and circumstances of the thinker. Mm. Don't be a professional news anchor. Right. Seven, do not adulterate your mind with negative thoughts. Faithfulness to true thinking is mandatory to consistent results. Eight, you get nothing for nothing. The price is consciousness or the mental equivalent. Your mental approach to life is always reflected in our circumstances. Nine, let your thoughts, beliefs, and words testify to the truth or take the consequences. It means the law is always working, folks. You can't escape it whether you're ignorant or not. Right. And 10, you do not want nor can you ever have someone else's good. God has reserved and waiting a special happiness that fits your needs and aspirations. And it says, wraps it up with, Obey the principles in the Ten Commandments, and your own shall come to you. That's great. These laws are just as universal and inflexible as the laws of physical science. It is not just a question of you must not, but you cannot. For this is a universe of self-enforcing law. It works for you only when you work with it. Brilliant. Or is it, Reverend Ike would say, you can't lose with the stuff I use. That's right. That's right. I love the one about the hatred thing because when it, my mother and I, like, sometimes I don't, we don't talk to each other for a little bit of time because she, for whatever reason, it's not like I put my foot down. I'm never going to. But whatever happens, but during that time, instead of trying to force my way back into that situation, I just kept every day, my mom's having the best day ever. I send love, send love. And, you know, you say, what, what is this doing? It doesn't. But then all of a sudden, my dad was in the hospital. I got inspired, not out of obligation, to drive down there and bring him donuts 
to bring my mom yes. some birthday presents from some nuns. And I had everyone and their mother t- praying. And in that one act, at that one time, everything now like has gotten so much better. Like our interactions are, are we're back. But just by not running away from it, not running to it, trying to fix it, but just blessing it from afar when that was the case. Yeah. I could feel how that changed because the moment the door opened and I walked through it and I drove down there and brought those donuts. Now there's this new like awareness where my mom said, I I love the, I really appreciate how much you love us. And it's a new song that's being sung. Yes. It's, it's, I don't want to get into the details, but it's just amazing. And I realized that all the prayers that I did. That's the thing. If you don't, if you don't think you're doing, it, your consciousness is everything. So even if you're not with the person, that's what the word. Why unity was chosen? Why silent unity? We are all connected. So the work we do in our consciousness really does have an effect. Even when our rational mind's going, "What's this doing?" It is doing something. Um, by the way, Charles Roth ordained in like 1952 or 1953. He's for, he, he for 30 years he had a unity church in in. Um, gosh, I was just looking at this in Illinois. In Indiana, in, excuse me, in Indianapolis, Indiana, for thirty years. Um, so uh, that's Charles Roth from Unity Truth Unity. Um, Marty, I was I wanted to ask you about. Um, you said you were in law enforcement, and then you said you told us, uh, I think, on the breaker before the show, and then you mentioned how when you got into Unity, it sort of changed everything for you. I just I love to hear people and how they got into Unity and how that affected them, how that change happened. Would you mind sharing that, some of that with us? Uh, sure. Um, so I uh, went to college right out of high school and studied um, criminal justice and psychology and all of that. And ended up getting into law enforcement at different levels um, over a 26 year period and then retired. And when you're in that type of job, the negativity and the just the daily grind of people who uh, are not in a good place, it can really bring you down. Mm-hmm. And um, the only way I knew how to have balance was I did dog training on the side, uh, obedience training for a dog training school. And that was where I kind of was able to uh, just have some balance. But that last few years, I was really getting pretty weary and um, decided that my goal for the new year would be that I would look for a spiritual home, just somewhere. I didn't care what the name was on the door. I just wanted to find something. And there was a little church in my neighborhood, a unity church, which I knew nothing about unity. And I thought I'll start close to home and then I'll work my way out. And uh, I walked in those doors and I will tell you, this is the honest to God truth. When I left after that service, I thought I'm not ever going back there because those people are so happy. That's not possible. (laughs) I hear you. And then I thought, but I was curious enough to go back another time and another time. And the minister at the time was a uh, Reverend Sally Fox, and she did these unbelievable meditations. Yes. And I felt like that was the only time during the week that I actually could breathe. I just really felt like, wow. And I got addicted to that, to the meditations, um, 
just, I needed to come back. I needed that air to breathe, you know? And then um, I just started learning more and more about unity and um, man, you know, it just, this, that like everything that you guys talk about, I mean, you know, this thing that's between your ears, it runs your day and I can have a heaven day or a hell day. And it's really up to me. Mm. And I just started putting that into practice and realizing, you know, like Ed, like you were saying, you know, you put it into practice and then you just see how it's, it steers the boat in a different direction. And um, I thought, wow, this is good stuff. I don't understand it all. I don't know the science behind it, but it's working in my life. So when I retired, I decided I want other people to have this too. And I became a licensed unity teacher so that I could teach this good stuff, this new thought stuff to other people and let them have the same transformation that I've had. Mm. What year was it that you became the, the, the teacher, licensed teacher? I was, I just uh, finished that two years ago. Mm. Um, and I, uh, I found unity in 2010. Mm -hmm. Nice. That's probably around the same time. Roughly I did through Daryl, where Daryl introduced me to the daily word and um, some of these authors as well. I hear what you're saying. Cause I will, and for me, it was with it. I was in special education. I was working at a school that was a lot of negativity. And I knew I wanted to give. I knew I wanted to give. But if I didn't have anything left inside me, I, I literally just bottomed out mentally and emotionally and went on quite the journey. And, yeah, that's where I met Lazaro over here and um, got introduced to all this stuff as well. And I was raised Catholic. And a lot of these things had dawned on me, but they were not really fully supported in that literature or in that, you know, in the, that practical everyday, yes, miracles happen for you. Yes. God can heal you. Yeah. Like all yeah. of this stuff, which sort of, I got to that through those teachings, but then it like, kind of like didn't take me further and I needed this practical stuff. And so I, I I'm so um, happy to hear you. And how has, have you, how has teaching it changed it for you? How's that? I, I, I love it. I uh -huh. absolutely love seeing the light bulbs come on in people's heads mm -hmm. where they realize, wow, I can, I'm in control. I mean, I, I have this force of goodness and this power. I'm, I am divine. I am part of that divine essence. Mm -hmm. And I really can choose how I want my life to be. I just love it. I love it. Because like you, a lot of people came from other organized religions that, you know, I was born a sinner, you know, maybe if I'm lucky, I'll do enough good that maybe by chance, my name will be written in the book of life, you know, right. and, and to be able to, to wake up every day and know I am a child of the divine. Mm -hmm. I am part of that essence. You know, I can be the face of God to other people and yeah. that love, that joy, healing. And and it's just um, it's just really neat to be a part of watching other people start that transformation path. Yeah. And happiness. I mean, just seeing people find that joy yeah. and that peace that that we all want. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned the meditation. And for me, too, when I was going through sort of like the dark night the soul where I was like, I had to keep going in the direct, like I could no longer kind of waffle between worlds. I had to find, but the meditations 
Our, that's why we the morning routine of having that time and touching. Uh, Paul Vett Pipe calls it touching the stillness, <laughs> <laughs> having that divine awareness, reconnecting personally with that. Because for me, those were when I was having really intense anxiety and all that, and I was trying to find my way. Those moments, like you said, were like finally getting a drink of water. I didn't know what it was it was missing, but it would bring such a deep feeling that can't be you can't you can read about it, but touching. Yeah, you know, I keep saying that word, but like connecting with it. That really, I feel like, really fueled my tank to keep going, you know? Yeah. Well, you know what I just got excited thinking about? Yeah. Well, because we're all, I mean, we're all unanimous in the realization and the fact that our life experience always reflects our consciousness. Yes. You know, and consciousness, we mean our mental approach yes. to myself to others and my circumstances. And if my mental approach is optimistic, which is another word for faithful, because, yes. you know, faith is joyful expectation. Right. Um, well, then that's reflected back. Things right. seem to fall into place. Yes. Even things that seem like a disruption in my day, they're a blessing. Right. And I'm like, holy cow, I thought this was a bummer. This turned out to be something <laughs> yes. good. and. We we can start like my brother or at any time. And Mike helped me this. And I got I'm gonna be a hundred percent honest. And it's funny, you share this with some people. You actually you included a quote in here. There's a quote Ed included the Plato one. Plato. And we're not talking about the clay we used to use as kids. This is <laughs> P-L-A-T-O, folks. We can easily forgive a child who is afraid of the dark. The real tragedy tragedy of life is when men are afraid of the light. And some people, if you bring this up, just because you're just exuding the joy, you might unexpectedly get blowback because they're like how I once was, how we all once were, entrenched in the belief that life cannot be as wonderful as you seem to believe it is because I've been told otherwise and I've been believing otherwise. And little did I know because of that, my life has been reflecting that back to me. I've been experiencing otherwise. So a great affirmation. And since I learned this stuff from Mike, I mean, Mike Dugan, while I was in the military, Marty, where he clicked my brain with something as simple as that guy's not rich. He's not happy because he's rich. He's rich because he's happy. I was like, holy cow. So happiness is a state of consciousness that if I maintain it, all my needs will be met. Like this is mind-blowing stuff. Right. I thought happiness was just, you know, you get a lucky dose of happiness if you stumble upon something you think you wanted. At that time in your life. Right. So here's a great affirmation. I was thinking about this ever since you were talking about your job and my brother's revelation. You know, if you just said to yourself, if all of us, this is not you, Ed, or you, listener, I mean this you rhetorically, for all, for myself, I'm going to have fun for a living. Yes. I am going to have fun for a living. Yes. That's all you need to say because... 
The real you knows the fun that is your talent that would produce the service to others that you would love and have fun doing that you will be well compensated for because you're having fun doing what you love. Yes. So instead of doing the settling ideas, which I really would like to have fun, do do something fun for a living, but, you know, I still have to get, like, a job that... This is what you're saying. when, When you're saying, well, I still have to get, you know, a job. You're really saying, but I still have to suffer a little bit right? if I want to experience fun later. Or a lot. <laughs> or a lot. We're saying, just, if you just did this prayer in the morning, I'm having fun for a living. Mm-hmm. If you affirm that or say, I'm going to have fun for yeah. a living, well, you're going to end up attracting circumstances and opportunities where you will find yourself doing things that are fun for you. Right. Fun for you, and you will be well compensated for it, and you'll be going, oh, my God, funniest thing. You're not going to believe it because this stuff works. Right. I think Marty has fun for a living. I know she does. So do we. Yeah. I do Because yeah. your face shows it. Yep. <laughs> hey, listen to this. Your face gives you away. We got this, uh, I think Marty will love this when we were at Unity Village. Got, I got this copy of um, Dare to Believe, May Rowland. Whoever had this book. Oh, don't too. you love, show the audience on YouTube. This is why Daryl and I love used books. Show the back to the yeah. camera. Oh, oh. That, all that writing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because no. we get to read other people's experiences with these books. Yes. And it's like immediately we're connected to other people and getting their yeah. their perspective on it. And it's always encouraging and it makes it makes you realize because here's the thing, folks, this is something you're gonna have to do all on your own. But here's the good news. You're not doing it alone. Right. Meaning Daryl and Ed are doing it too. Yeah. Marty's doing it. And these people who previously owned these books were doing it. Yeah. But we have to do it for ourselves. Yes. Ed doesn't come over and go, we're going to cheer up today, Daryl. Come on. No. But the good news is we're not doing it alone. And that's the motivation. That's the word. That's what the word unity means. We're all connected in this. Yeah. She says, "Where does whoever wrote this, where to start? Where to start? Return to the Almighty. Ask, accept, appreciate, abide. And then on the other side, it says, then do something. That's what we do. The morning routine, ask, accept, appreciate, abide, and then just go out and do something because now you've like filled the, your sails with this wind of spirit and something good will happen in the most unlikely way. And I'll read two little paragraphs. She said, Mae Rowland said on page 157, we've built many negative emotional reactions into our consciousness. They've left their mark on our subconscious mind. Then, because we have done nothing to correct these feelings, the little fears and anxieties have gathered together and they make a big fear complex. So we're doing the opposite now. We're doing something about those little fears and and, and returning them to their proper perspective. And she says on page 129, make joy a habit. Well, that's even just affirming. Nothing opposes my good. When these fears start to creep in, that fear complex, the truth is, Wait, nothing opposes my good. That's right. We have to start to recognize that those voices are like negative news anchors coming from within my own mind. Yeah, with a little suit 
Yeah. And their blonde hair but and until, the dress saying, guess what, Daryl? I got bad news for you. Right. But until we do some sort of inner reflection and inner work, we think that that is the world. Because that feels like the authority in my yeah, mind. Because yeah. I've made it the news anchor, so they're definitely no better. That part of me knows right. better than this fun-loving, um, open, right. and free spirit I really am. Yeah. All of a sudden, the man in the suit or the woman in the expensive dress with her hair and makeup saying these things seems, oh, they're authority. And they put on all that because they don't want to be questioned because they know darn well that they don't have any real authority. Yes. That the joy has the authority. Always. So she says, in a, another chapter called Make Joy a Habit, Mayron, the powerhouse. When you are enshrouded in gloom, you can do something about it. If you've been depressed, unhappy, anxious, hurt, or disappointed, you do not need to wait for a certain turn of events in order to become joyous again. No. The change can come through a change in your thinking. Even in the midst of gloom, drop a thought of joy into your mind and you will begin at once to get a joyous reaction. Like the ripples that extend out and out, when a stone is dropped into a pool, even one thought of joy reaches out and out into your entire life and starts a joyous reaction. I'm going to have fun for a living, Ed. I'm going to have fun for a living, too. <laughs> yes. Is Indy having fun for a living? Boy, you know it. Yes. Marty, come on. Marty, did, you, did we send Marty a reading or did you have a reading uh, available to... I do. Um, now you did say if I wanted to add something, I yes! had the freedom. Is that true? You're yes. all, you are allowed. Yes. Yeah. We'll well, love to hear uh, before I get to the actual reading, um, you know, this joy thing, I think what robs us a lot of our joy is fear, uh, fear of making the wrong choices. Yes. Right. Yes. Uh, I, uh, I already had something in this uh, in the flow of life by Eric Butterworth that I wanted to bring up about mm -hmm. you, but uh, this this uh, spoke to me, so I want to share this with you. Great. You cannot really make a wrong choice, a bad decision. Any step you take will lead eventually to your good, because a negative experience encountered will produce the challenge in which to outgrow the kind of consciousness from which the choice was made, mm -hmm. leading to a higher consciousness from which more constructive steps will be taken. So a wrong choice is a right choice at that particular time. Know this, you are free from the fear of bad decisions. Wow. That's so good. Can you please send me a picture, like take a picture of your phone of that? Because I don't have that particular book of Eric Brotherwood. It's just so we can have it because I love yes, what absolutely. you did. That is pure reassurance. Yeah. Joy oh. is a good thing. And I can't it, make a wrong. It will never lead us astray. Yeah. But that little thing in my mind is yeah. often going, oh. And, and then what that just helped me with right in this moment was a past uh, decision I made that I was just beating myself up for. And yeah. already, as you were reading that, I saw, no, wait a minute, this is a good thing. Yeah. Because we don't advance without making a decision, a yes. choice. We have to make choices. Yes. 
I know. When I, when you were reading it, the one reason I said joy is good is I hear there's a part of me that's been so afraid of making bad choices. And um, it definitely wasn't helped when I thought of like this God that was most likely sending me to hell, <laughs> you know, like on top of that as a young person. So um, I just, but I have another part that's much more of like a rascal that's just got, I picture him jumping up and down with a sign like, no matter what you do, Ed, I'm going to keep encouraging you to do outlandishly joyful things until you realize joy is good. Joy is good. Joy will lead you home. Nothing else will lead you where you want to go except joy. So it's better to make what you think is a mistake in favor of a joyful life than trying to do what you think is right out of fear of being wrong. Yes. Choosing. That's it. What Ed's saying from my own brain, just so it's in there. It's better for me to make a mistake making a choice out of what I feel is joy in that moment than making a choice because of fear in that moment. Yeah, and it goes further. It's just like where there are no mistakes because who's the one who's saying there's a mistake? What other human being is above me, yeah, or is in any position, like Marty was just pointing at herself, exactly. The real person, I mean, if I keep saying it, I will find someone to reinforce that. I'll find someone who wants to club me over the head eventually. But if I stop saying that, a lot of that, a whole idea of mistake, because who out there, like Jesus would say, is in even a position to throw the first stone? Who would that be? As long as we don't put anyone in that position. And that's what happens Like when I was afraid of losing this job and I was doing so much, I was imprisoning myself to that place because why do I care if some other person who has a different title in their job is going to like... All of a sudden, I'm going to become this person. I got to be afraid of what they're judging. Like, well, they don't even care. If you weren't there, yes. you wouldn't even be on their mind. They wouldn't even notice. Right. I have so much fun working with children. I have so much fun doing whatever I do, as long as I'm in that state of mind of letting joy. And as soon as that becomes compromised, it is like, I like what Marty said, I can have a heaven day or a hell day. And the hell day comes from me judging myself and compromising myself and getting into this. I'll get it done. I'll get it done. It doesn't matter how I feel. I'll get it done. No, it does Ugh. matter how I feel, and because it, it does matter what I'm, in, what type of spirit I'm imbuing what I'm doing with. It really does matter. It matters a lot. It matters a lot. That was great. What else you got, Marty? Well, I have something that when I was thinking, I've been watching your your uh, podcast because I wanted to see what I got myself into. Uh oh. Well, and so, you still showed up, so you're braver than most. We're glad you did because we got an interesting bit of feedback from someone who apparently didn't read the the didn't watch before they came on and uh, had some took a. I guess if you are mad, but you take a deep breath and call it feedback. <laughs> 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 anyway, I'm glad you uh, are, are up to speed with what we're doing here. So what do you got? Uh, well, I, I was I really appreciate what you're doing. And I think it's so critical. And um, again, out of the In the Flow book, uh, I just want to do this one little story. Because it, to me, it reminds me of you two. Mm-hmm. A couple took their small boy with them to Europe where they visited many cathedrals on the tourist trek. On their way home, or on their return home, the boy was in Sunday school, and the teacher asked, What is a saint? 
remembering the many stained glass cathedral windows depicting the Christian saints, the boy said, a saint is a man who lets the light shine through. You are two men who let your light shine through. And I and everybody who tunes in are grateful for that. Well, wow, thank that's you. Good feedback. That was <laughs> that's well. That was very good feedback, and uh, I think that was the first time I was actually recognized as a man. So that's a super compliment. <laughs> Normally, people go, I, "I was like, oh god, these two both frat boys." We were called frat boys in our feedback letter. So you just elevated us. Thank you. I guess you're a member well, of the frat now. You're a member of this fraternity of this order. We welcome all. That's awesome. Okay, so let me get to my actual reading that I was given called Graciously Provided For. Yes. And this is an Emmett Fox? I forgot where I got this. Uh, earlier you said it was, that's an Emmett. Uh, or maybe, I don't know. We'll anyway, figure it out. Roll tape. Let's hear it. <laughs> I have anonymous on the bottom of Oh, mine. yes. Uh, it's an anonymous. Uh, uh, anonymous writes some of the most amazing stuff, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so I just invite everybody to just take a minute to really take this in. And as they move through this crazy holiday season to just stay connected and stay grounded to the truth. I trust grace is my constant blessing. As an expression of God, I need not ever worry about earning God's approval or favor. Grace is my assurance that I am one with God and heir to all God is. I know oneness during times of deep spiritual communion, understanding I am fully human and fully divine. Through this awareness, my experience of grace deepens. I understand grace as more than a gift from God. I begin to see it as an aspect of my divine inheritance. Grace is not a blessing I need hope for. It is the blessing I can count upon. It is trusting I will have what I need when I need it that my support will come to me, even from the most unlikely channels. Grace is knowing that God is with me and within me throughout my life. And as stated in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. And so it is. Wow. So you know what? The best, the, the affirmative statement to sum that whole reading up. Let's hear it. Aren't we lucky? Aren't we lucky? If you just said, yes. aren't we lucky? You're actually saying, thank you, God, for all the good in my life that I did not make happen on my own, like on my own accord. Yes. Aren't we lucky? Grace is our ace in the hall, as yeah. we like to say it, funniest thing. 
That grace is in effect right now. Well, after all, he's famous for great and unexpected acts. There's no end to his surprises. It's the best line ever. Job 5-9. Job 5-9. Fraternity. Job 5-9. <laughs> you know how frat boys we are. Well, we have a little story. Oh, wait, first of all, Marty. Oh. Where are you at a Unity in St. Louis teaching over there? What are you doing? Yes, I, I do classes quite often. I also teach for Unity um, Village. Uh, uh, SEE classes is what they call them. They're, they're classes that you have to take before you get any kind of credentialing. Wow. I do teach credit classes for them. And then I also teach at our uh, community church in St. Louis. It's called Unity of St. Louis South. And we're located right off of 55 in Bayless. Brilliant. So we can uh, maybe someday we'll drop in. Yes. And anyone out there near there should drop by, say hello to Marty. Um, I'd love that. The gateway to the West, yes. St. Louis. She's a licensed funniest thing member. Well, I <laughs> did find member. out. Do you know what? Do you know what? I found out what Unity Viewpoint was. What? And what WATI is. This from is the, referring to the Charles Roth reading we the read. The Ten Commandments. So every Sunday at 8.30 a.m., he was on the radio station in Indiana, which oh, is wow. still, it's still there, W-A-T-I. Oh, wow. And he would give a unity viewpoint, huh. which was a short reading or maybe a reading. Well, one amazing. of his. This I, unity stuff is really, it's gone to the moon with James Dillard Freeman. People don't realize that. Yes. Let them around the planet. Well, let them, the listeners don't know what you speak of. How, okay, so who was it? John Glenn? No, Buzz Aldrin. Buzz Aldrin took the prayer. Yes. Uh, the um. The, what's it called? James Dillett Freeman. What's that? I am there. Was I the am, first one. I am there. And then what was the the prayer protection prayer too? Protection. Yes. They the both went protection. to the moon. Uh huh. Uh huh. Wow. And he didn't even know. It's not like they called him up. No. He found out. Someone told him. I think they had seen it on the news or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And that's that's the kind of stuff that the is, author of what Ed was referring to the author of the poem yeah this prayer had no idea this had occurred right until later on through a, like yeah. a little series of people talking and in the news and those are the funniest things we're talking about that's why and maybe Marty can agree with this like that's why the spirit of these original teachers where they would. It wasn't about self-promotion. It was about sharing these principles and letting the principles work and letting the spirit carry them to the most outlandishly amazing outcomes and places. And that's how, what was the highest readership we heard? Like 4 million or something? Uh, no, it was 20 million during the Depression. Remember, we learned that on our tour. And that's that was without like going about it, like we're going to self-promote this to... That was people telling each other and getting so much benefit from it. You know, it caught like it caught like a fire, like wildfire just spread across because it was the the fire was in the the people's hearts and minds. And that's where we can't control like there's so much about like out of fear in our world, trying to control everything. And you know, it's like I've had this fearful voice in the past, I will say this that yesterday. I kind of recognized where it came from. And you know what? I, instead of fighting it and beating myself up, I just said, you know what? Thank you for always trying to protect me. Thank you, thank you, thank you for always trying to protect me. And it's coming up. Thank you. I know you're trying to protect me. And as I do that, it's softening my heart and it is releasing it and it is seeing it for what it is. I'm not fighting against it. 
but I'm opening up the channel for my good to come through because nothing can oppose our good well, when, we, when we cooperate and just let it on through. Before we close, in case there's listeners who are wondering, what is that prayer protection they're talking about that's, that's on the moon? And here it is, in case you don't know. This is it. It's simply just four, four lines. The light of God surrounds us. The love of God enfolds us. The power of love. Uh, the power of God protects us. The presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is. Yeah. How about read it with love instead of God? Because you accidentally slipped that in. I, I think that's The light nice. of love surrounds us. The love of God enfolds us. The power of love protects us. The presence of love watches over us. Wherever we are, love is. That's awesome, man. Both ways is awesome. Well, are we going to share? I've been dying to share this little excerpt we got from St. Louis TMZ about Marty. I would love to, yes. Marty, we want to thank you for coming on. Um, we'll see. We'll get thank all that out of the way this before was, we share our story. Well, I'm just going to power, like, set this up. But this is, be, this is while she was at that job prior to discovering Unity. Yeah, she was barely holding on. She was, so go ahead. Tell a story, Ed. All right, so one day, Marty called up her boss and asked him, Have you ever experienced piercing pain all over your body as if someone has a voodoo doll of you and poking it? Her boss answered, Um, no, not really. After a moment, Marty replied, Interesting. How about now? <laughs> <laughs> you know what's crazy? <laughs> what? Last night I had the strangest dream. I sailed away to China in a little rowboat to find you. And you said you had to get your laundry cleaned. Didn't want no one to hold you. What does that mean? And you said, ain't nothing gonna pose my good. Nothing gonna slow it down. Oh no, with God I keep on moving. Ain't nothing gonna pose my good. I'm running and I won't touch ground. Oh no, with God I keep on moving. Visit DarylAndEd.com. Marty Thurman, we love you. To find easy links to everything we do. And thanks for being a part of Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed. Ain't nothing gonna pose my good. Nothing gonna slow it down. Oh no, with God. God, I keep on moving. Ain't nothing gonna pose my good. I'm running and I won't touch ground. Oh no, with God, I keep on moving. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed. Listen in as these unlikely saints share more real-life stories of how surrendering to divine order always leads to better-than-expected outcomes. This program has been made possible by God through automated monthly transfers from Daryl and Ed's credit cards. Five hundred dollars. Really? See, two hundred dollars for you. One hundred dollars for you. What the hell? <laughs> oh, no, no. Hundred dollars for you. Are you serious? Yeah, I give you a hundred. Oh, thank you for that.
When you record your podcast at Chobo Studios, you're helping people in need. Here at Chobo, we take a bold stance on helping the community by giving away 10% of all revenue, not just profit, to kind, hardworking people in the streets of Los Angeles. And thanks to all these wonderful podcasters, we've been able to give $1,400 this year alone through our kindness initiative, Chobo Kindness. Brought to you by Chobo Studios, LA's premier podcasting powerhouse. Follow for more.